Hey everyone, this is Khalid Yassin, this is Midnight Wisdom. So yeah, today we're going to have, we're going to be entertaining our first guest on the show, finally, after six episodes, six excruciating episodes of just me and my voice, you'll finally have another <laughs> opinion on life uh, from one of my favorite people so far, a really interesting guy, I absolutely love him, Hani Akashi. I'm really excited for this one, guys. Although it took us about an hour and a half to hook up the system to be able to actually talk, and uh, once we did, we were so frustrated actually. You know, imagine an hour and a half of trying to to get a talk going on through a very faulty program. And this is why when we started, we started off really slow and like we were both really frustrated. But we were like, you know what? We've we've spent this much time so far. We we have to make this happen. But after we started talking, we sort of forgot about that and we flowed together so well. And we went into so many diverse topics, actually. Hani's such an interesting person. Uh, he's actually a doctor that specializes in human energy management. So what he does is basically he goes around in Jordan to schools and to any any type of situation where he can inform people about how how thoughts and ideas and beliefs and even food uh, how, how to approach life all of these things come together to, to have a more positive impact and positive outlook on life to be happier be healthier be clearer more more fulfilled as a person and this is why I respect him and invited him to the show because he's actually going out there into society and actively trying to create a positive and better impact to those people around him and because of that he was noticed by a privately independently made TED talk in Amman the capital of Jordan at the University of Princess Sumaya and uh, they approached him and they invited him for a TED talk that he has to do today I'm not sure at what time but I decided to upload the episode at the same day he's going to release his TED talk you know just uh, <laughs> why not made sense on the 24th of November and yeah it was such an interesting conversation we had if anything you know it was uh, we went from talking about you know ourselves and what made us us what made him him a background uh, how growing up in an Arabic society and how growing up in any society actually shapes a lot of how you see things and who you are and how we're actually in a stage right now in society where we can actively create culture instead of just absorb it and internalize it and become what culture wants us to become. And that's what he's doing, and that's what he claims I'm doing as well, is that we're creating culture by actually putting our ideas out there. And he debates that ideas are so powerful and they're the first starting point when it comes to anything. And he has such a positive and interesting outlook on everything in life, and I absolutely love that. And I sensed that in him the second we met back in... Um, we met three months ago. It was August, the 11th of August, actually. I remember the exact date because uh, we were both going on a trip to Wadi Rum. That's the red desert in Jordan to view the meteor shower, the peak of the meteor shower that happens almost every year in August at the red desert. And the second we met, you know, we had like this sort of moment and we, we like we instantly connected and bonded. And it was really nice, but we couldn't really get into having a really good conversation because of, you know, we were surrounded by people and activities that we had to do. So we finally had the time to just sit down 
after an hour and a half of very frustrating technology that ended up actually glitching every every now and then within the episode you might notice that but i promise that won't happen again i'll be sure to use a better program next time but i just thought the conversation itself was too good to to just throw away right you know i don't don't want to didn't want to have to do that so you'll hear actually a few missteps here and there with the audio because it overlapped my voice with his at, at the beginning I don't know why it it sounds like I'm talk we're talking at the same time a lot of the time or like he would say something before I it's weird right and it just happens twice or three times so don't worry about it too much uh, it won't affect the experience too much and at the end of the day it's my job to provide you guys with a proper experience right and Hani helped with that too the way he formulates his ideas the way he sees how everything connects I just thought was so interesting that's why this conversation and connection worked so well between us. You know, we ended up building on each other's ideas and we kept on going and we talked about, you know, practical utilities of how you can manage your energy and how that would help and things you could actually do. But we also went a lot into philosophy too, you know, we started talking about how, yeah, it's just, just listen and, and <laughs> you'll find out. Uh, it was really interesting and I absolutely loved it. Uh, he's definitely invited again, that's for sure. Uh, this is just the first of many guests I'll have on the show that have that I think have an opinion or something that they can share with the world you know and that's something I want to release to the world and I'm really happy about that another another thing is that I finally released my my website midnightwisdom.com where I'll be posting I'll be posting my blog every week and I'm actually really happy with the website. You know, it's a clean and really nice website. It turned out a lot nicer than I thought it would. And I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> you know, it's nice to see something you create come to fruition. It's always nice. And it's even nicer if I see people using it. So please, you know, just go on midnightwisdom.com. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, you can write me on there. You know, you can get in touch. You can subscribe so you don't have to... You know, you're not clueless about when I release a podcast episode or when I release my blog. You know, if you're actually interested in anything I have to say, then that's perfect, you know, for you and me. So you're always you're always in the loop and you're always there, a part of all of this, you know, a part of what I'm trying to get out and give to the world. And without you, I can't do that. And that's just fantastic that you're actually, you know, I'm still... I find I find it to be such a blessing and joy that people are actually listening. And, you know, I, I appreciate it. There's nothing more I can say. You know, thank you. So go ahead and subscribe. You know, I definitely won't spam you. I personally hate spam more than anyone I've met so far. Uh, so you don't ever have to worry about that. And yeah, only interesting stuff will be, will be coming your way. So without further ado, I... I'm going to let you enjoy this this talk I had with Hani. Great person again. Really excited for his TED Talk today. And All right, one last thing. Um, Hani specifically asked me to not curse during this episode <laughs> because um, he's going to have friends and family that, that are going to be listening to this. And yeah, um, apologies in advance. Hani's friends and family because I do end up cursing once or twice <laughs> maybe more so yeah enjoy 
and like future guests, please don't ask me that. So we're starting finally Midnight Wisdom with Hani Akasha. Yeah, yeah so guys this is Hani Akasha he's the founder of human energy management and he's gonna have his first TED talk next week first yeah you're gonna have more than one probably I'm, I'm rooting for you man. and I'm really excited about that man actually I've never uh how, do, how does someone actually get a TED talk <laughs> that's such a well to me how it happened to me it was just I just got lucky I guess I was doing a lecture, a circuit of lectures for mm. young entrepreneurs and a youth empowerment program. And somebody walks up after the lecture and tells me about this TED Talk event happening and that he wants to push my name as one of the possible speakers. And I didn't take him seriously. He was he looked like a young kid. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't take him seriously. Yeah. But then uh, the curation team from the TED team calling and telling me about the interview. But to answer your question, it's not as hard as you think. People should just stick to the website, uh, keep checking when there are events happening, because the TED gives the license to people to do TEDx events, individually organized events. And you approach these people, you let them know what your what your idea is about, and they, they're more than happy to meet you and talk to you. So it's not a difficult process, but it's definitely a difficult filtration process. There's a lot of training, a lot of rehearsals, and a lot of preparing yeah, for, sure, for the man. stage. But you're a good public speaker. You know, I, I saw you talk, and and this is what I like. You got invited because you were actually engaging in, in people and trying to spread your message and help people out. You know, and this is why I have you on the show. You have something to say, and you're actually actively trying to go out into your society and say it and try to help people live better lives. Man, you have no idea how much I can respect that, really. Oh, man, thank you so much, man. Those words mean so much to me. Coming from a person who not long ago didn't really have a purpose, didn't really know what he was supposed to do. And uh, to hear that now and to feel such a strong purpose within me is, is definitely a blessing, man. It's, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't I appreciate I wouldn't say I too. found my purpose. That's a bit too much, but <laughs> I'm happy that I'm happy that you found. You know, it's it's nice waking up in the morning and knowing you know I'm I'm doing something. And that's a feeling you definitely have. But how did it happen? How did it happen? I'd like to explore how you actually, because we're both, we both came from a very cultured and an Arabic society that was pretty, let's say, rigid, and it wouldn't move much. A lot of boundaries around us, especially family, mentality of the society around us. And for you, you're a bit older than I am, and I think the time that you had to break out of that, it would have been much harder for you than it was for me. Would you somehow get into that, man? Well, that's an interesting question, and I, and I totally agree with you on that fact. Like being a Middle Eastern uh, man and growing up in Abu Dhabi, coming back to Jordan, uh, and living all my life and studying in Cairo. So I spent most of my life in in, in three really Arabic cities, and uh, and and I really confirm and affirm what you said about breaking out of the caste and trying to find your voice it's definitely harder here with the with the sh- like with the sheer dwindling numbers of opportunities and enterprises that support youth programs um, it just makes it hard for young people uh, w- and what makes me happy is that now yeah. things are changing yeah. like there's more empowerment there's more yeah. uh, care towards that kind of not nourishment not cool. you know that, yeah, that man, and and you were telling me about entrepreneurship and and how many people are leaving the 
nine to five work dimension and, and creating their own businesses and creating their own products and services. Of course, with the help of social media and the digital technological revolution we're experiencing right now, it definitely makes things easier. And uh, and perhaps that's how my story started. It's, it's the power of the internet. It's just being able to create something from the comfort of your own home and watch it grow. That's what I did with the help of my younger brother. He's a mechanical engineer. Uh, I'm a doctor. And we're science enthusiasts. We're basically nerds and we're wonders uh, and all yeah, junkies. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and it slowly happened, man. Uh, your purpose is never something that is all like it's not clear it's not something that you wake up and you and is there for you uh, it's something that is always cooking yeah. on low heat and it's those micro expressions and micro movements and micro opportunities that you take throughout the years that somehow yield a big realization yeah. a big Man, revelation. i like to think about it as uh, a snowball effect right where you just start real small and you start that ball yeah. rolling and at some point it's unstoppable you know nothing can get it its way so 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 it is really a snowballing effect it started with our own suffering it started with a personal story like me and my brother grew up in an anxious household my mother had a tendency for depression my dad is emotionally unavailable and and going through that and the, the major thing at our home when we were kids is this you know, is this tendency, is this high expectation our parents had for our academic and scientific achievements. So in a sense, my parents got what they wanted. We did become scientists, but we had to suffer deeply and silently in the mental health department. Uh, and it was me and my brother reuniting after many years apart in university and us discovering our own uh, interpersonal experience with mental health and of course with our passion for science and for studying the human brain we've realized and you know like crystallized away our our ideas that have real powerful impact on our mental health so it was just us sitting and talking about brain plasticity artificial intelligence cognitive psychology but little did we know that this experiment this exercise of continuously talking about ideas in science would somehow lead to a huge revelation in our mental health and transform yeah. us forever. And that's what energy management is. It's an educational platform that aims to teach people in a kinetic and a visual way the most fundamental and powerful scientific concepts that would help to liberate people and help to change their perspective of their own mental yeah, health man, well experience. Said. Like you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned a lot of points that I'd really like to get a lot into. You know, especially, for example, your parents expected you to follow a certain path, you know, and you, of you and your brother, not just you. And at the same time, it's that your parents had to follow a certain path themselves. And they're, they're, they're both people with real feelings that are going through their own shit. Um, and I, yeah, I shouldn't be cursing in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody Everyone has, has their own story. Own story. Yeah. We somewhat we forget that they're people too. I think we forget our parents are people with their own feelings and their own emotions. And I think, you know, I share this with you with my dad as well. My dad is one of the most emotional people I know. He's so has the biggest heart I've ever seen anyone have, but he's just so emotionally unavailable. It's not something he can show anyone, you know, it's not something he can even express to himself, I think. And it's sad, really. 
that this is this is the direction that everything pushes you in. But then again, you like you said, the internet gives access to everyone where you can actually go online and you can you have access to information no one has ever had before you. You know, this is something our parents didn't have. And that's just we got lucky with that. But even though I like for example for in Jordan for both of us, there's so many people, so many people that don't have access to that. And even if they did, the Arabic content that they'd have access to is also very limited. The internet is really concentrated, let's say, in the English language. And what you can what you can explore in the Arabic sector of that is very, very limited. And it's not as if, you know, I can come in as an Arab who can only speak Arabic, for example, and go start a company from my garage and expect this company to become a million-dollar company, right? But if if you're in the States and you do that, there's, there is that chance, you know, and that's what Steve Jobs did, and that's what a lot of other entrepreneurs did, started something from their garage, from the comfort of their homes. And what how you're marketing human energy management is in English, right? You're talking to people in English. You're talking, you're doing a lot of talks in Arabic too, yeah. but mainly online on any multimedia platform. It's in English. My podcast, yeah. I'm an Arabic dude from Palestine. My podcast is in English. You know, it's just limiting, I'd say. In a way, it's something to think about. That's true. It amazes me how English, the English language has manifested itself as the primal language for science, for entrepreneurship and for innovation. But I'd like to always not have a fixed mindset in such a sense and always try to be positive because like I just told you, I came from a negative childhood and it was recently that I broke out of the shell. And uh, like right now where I am now mentally, it's I'm trying to look at things in a growth oriented mindset and see that it's it's on us, you know, it's on us, the the the, the, the Arabs, the entrepreneurs, the engineers, the doctors, it's on us the innovators, the thinkers, the creative people mm. to start creating a new culture. Uh, I think we should stop consuming well, yeah. culture and start creating culture. And I think this is what it's all about at the end of the day, whether it's an Arabic language, whether it's the things that speak to our population, to our geographical, demographical uh, reference, you know, and, uh, and, and you're right. I, I feel you, especially when you talk about your dad and your upbringing. And I've been really enjoying your previous <laughs> podcast. I feel like I got to know you more, man. It's a really good job, man. This is entrepreneurship. This is what creativity is about. This podcast, mm. the power of the internet and the power I really, of ideas. I really like so the I've sentence you said, man. Creating culture. Let's start creating culture and not just consuming it. Man, we take so many things as automatic truths and we live by them just because everyone around us does. And sure, we're biologically tuned to be that way, but... Fuck, we need to somehow create culture. I really like, like, I need to make t-shirts that just say that, create culture. <laughs> I've never thought of that that way. Creating culture is, is, is definitely one of the great ideas of Richard Dawkins. He said that evolution used to be biological, and we would refer to that as a genetic yeah. evolutionary force, right? G- evolution happened in the genes. Uh, but Richard Dawkins coins this amazing uh, new paradigm, and he says that evolution stopped becoming a biological thing and start becoming a psychological, cultural thing. And now, instead of dealing with genes, we are dealing with memes, mm-hmm. and memes is, are our ideas. These they are our 
you know, expressions and exteriorizations. And, and that's what the evolutionary force is about now. It's about this technological digital wormholes and it's about innovating and creating. And, and I think with the internet and with all these powerful technologies and tools, creating culture has just become easier. Like now is the time. It's, evolution is, is happening here right now in the world of data, in the world of information. So yeah, we're luckier than our parents, that's for sure. And yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the future. I mean, I look at kids already and I see this outburst of emotional intelligence and expression and, and linguistic power, yeah. you know, and they're just five, six, seven years old, you know. Yeah, um, it's so definitely really exciting. And we are privileged that's that we have the tools necessary to create culture. And it's just like you said, it's about thoughts and ideas being spread from one being to the next, you know, influencing thought. It's such a powerful thing. But the, the thing that bothers me most, Hani, is that for us, sure, we're aware of that and we're trying our best. But the fact is, is that such as we are trying to influence culture, there's so many other factors that come in when like so many bigger players, let's say, that come in to influence culture. And they're, they're only trying to influence it in a direction that suits them, for them to either sell more or for them to... It's just ads. Everywhere you go in this world, it's just advertisements and people trying to sell you things. They're trying to change your culture and ideology into a very consumerist type of culture where no one, no one's happy. Everyone thinks that buying things is going to make them happy. Everyone thinks that something else outside of them is going to make them happy. And it's just this constant cycle where it's just feeding off on other people becoming better off and everyone just really remaining unhappy. But people don't see that. You know, People are just convinced by that culture that was forced on them by everything around them. And that really bothers me. I, lo- I love your optimism. I really do. And that's an optimism and energy we have to all have and carry forward with us and try to go against this wave that we've found ourselves in. But damn, man, it's like, <laughs> it's not easy, you know? It's not... <laughs> No, it, it, it definitely isn't easy. And uh, and I wouldn't say my optimism is like blind, uh, but rather my optimism comes from like really yeah, understanding. You're, you're and pretty really realistic knowing, yourself. Uh, like I, I got that uh, sense dark. from you as well. You'd see, you'd see something for what it is, but also for what it can be. Oh, that's actually a beautiful, beautiful statement to see things for what they are, but also what they can be. And uh, and perhaps that's, that's what defines us. Uh, that's what... That's what this podcast is about, you know, saying things for what they are. And you're right, man. I, I think if I'm not mistaken, the entire American economy, one third or two thirds yeah. of it depends strictly on consumerism. <laughs> so if, if the whole consumer culture yeah. stops, the, the continent sink, you know, that's a world problem, too. I mean, you can you can look at the research. I mean, the, the Harvard study, the 75 year old Harvard study was researching happiness, what made mm. ha- people the happiest, what is happiness. So you can imagine like a two-year, three-year research is long enough. Yeah, but when you talk about the 75-year long research, that's that's a lifetime. That's a powerful research. I mean, the doctors and the patients, their, their children continued that research. And to cut it short, basically that research, it, it, its main objective was to study happiness and what was that uh, factor or factors that influenced happiness the most. And they studied health and they studied money and wealth and they studied basically every factor and cofactor that could go into the mix 
of deciding how happy you would be later in life. And after 75 years and logging in all the data, what they found out that the thing that contributed to happiness the most was deep relationships, man. And it's the deeper the relationships in your life are, the happier you are. And and then we can finally see, man, uh, J. Cole and all these great artists, once they become rich and famous, they say, we wish everybody can become rich and famous so that they can figure out that it's not about being rich and famous. Something definitely deeper, something definitely more more magical to to a human experience than than attaining wealth and power and consuming. And it's definitely this undertone, this musical reality, man, for being happy, being one, being kind, loving each other, and, and definitely, definitely realizing the importance of social relationships we are social animals and and so and our relationships our social network can be the most nutritious thing or can be the most disease infested thing you know so that to me is important to mention too because you're right the culture is 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 definitely uh difficult to shape uh, and we know this from studying the human brain exactly yeah, and we see that in the in the in the child, you know, like uh, child upbringing, the values and and ideas that are injected into childhood have a very strong resonant yeah. effect on the brain networks in adulthood. So, to me, that is where the problem starts, and that's where the problem ends. You know, uh, we have to start moving culture and operating on culture, but I don't think. Uh, we can just keep doing that to adults and to entrepreneurs and to that adult world. But we actually have to start thinking about that on a childhood level so that, you know, we can spare the world another, you know, sad Khaled or anxious Mm -hmm. Hani. And we can, you know, generate output, generate novelty. And because why I think you and I quickly got along and actually developed this type of connection is because we're both the type of people who understand the value of a deep connection a lot more than a shallow one. And we're both open and accessible to it for the people that we find around us. Because for me, for example, if I'm outside, let's say at a house party and I'm just talking to people, I am the type of person who's completely open about who I am regardless of who I'm talking to. I'll never be afraid of being me. And a lot of people are somewhat taken aback by that because they're not used to that type of it's, it's not as if I'm trying to approach deep topics and I don't want the person to tell me about their family and their their parents and how they abused them or treated them well. You know, it's not like that at all. It's just like unapologetically and without fear of being vulnerable, just being being vulnerable in front of that person and accepting the, the possibility of rejection because you know that there's a possibility of, of that bond forming. And I think that's what we both noticed about each other in the second, like we talked, and we were like, "Yeah, this this dude gets it. You know, he's not afraid of being himself." It was instant uh, when I first met you. It was an instant reaction because because it it really is exactly what you said, and uh, like what you said is beautiful actually because it reminds me of a very famous quote that says, uh, "Great minds talk about ideas, average minds talk about events, and simple minds talk about people." And it's just so sad that the culture around us and, and most of the people around us are so concerned with <laughs> talking about people, you know, talking about other, you know, she got lips like X and he got a car like Y and, and this and that. And, and it just really reflects the maturity of our, you know, of our, of our culture and of our people and of our youth. 
So I'm, autom- I'm automatically in tuned. I'm, I'm automatically synced when I meet a person that finds value in talking about ideas. And it's like you said, it's not about just vulnerability and talking about your parents and your trauma, but it's also talking about the future and talking about humanity and talking about the earth. And I think it's those kind of conversations that yield the highest value in mental health. And I guess that's my story. It's it's science that saved me. It's literally my fascination with the natural world, with physics and biology that would ultimately set me free in my adult life. It was like finding beauty yeah. where no yeah. one has ever taught me to find beauty in, yeah. right? And it's that. It's also beautiful, isn't it? It is, man. It is. I mean, I mean... Being human is is definitely <laughs> the most psychedelic <laughs> experience in the universe. <laughs> what a trip! That's one way to put it. Uh, yesterday, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, my my best friend yesterday. Yeah, um, man, he had his firstborn baby, and uh, they brought him back home. Yeah, and and I went to visit them, and uh, he's one of my best friends. And and walking into his home and and seeing his baby for the first time. And, holding him and cuddling him. It really, really humbles you, man, to, to remember yeah, how beautiful yeah. and magical it is to be human, you know? Uh, and if we can just reconnect, if we can stay connected to that to that field, man, to, to where we actually come from and to where we are actually going to, if you can stay in this state of awareness, man, so many people are just going to live healthier lives and so many people are just going to enjoy healthier yeah. relationships. And, and, and that's that's what it's all about. It's about health, man. It all falls it's down really to nice. your health. That's but I think, all. Man, it man, is. honestly, all. people look. People don't know what they have until it's gone. That's generally the rule to anything. And an example was today. I was just sitting in the bus and I saw like this old, very very old German couple, and they were they could barely move. And the train, the bus stopped, and they had to leave the bus. And they were so slow to leave the bus right and for me i completely understood that they need to take their time but the bus driver was like just waiting to close the door and everyone was looking at them waiting and i just had this view of around 20 people in front of me and just like two old people walk and i could just see it like one day all of you if you've all survived you're going to be that old too you know but you don't think about that you don't realize that and you don't accept that all we try to do always is to somehow escape this psychedelic trip that you're talking about right we're always trying to find something that's going to distract us from us being us or from us being in the world that we're in and this is what art does art is so powerful when it comes to that it sort of speaks volumes to you in ways that just takes you out of what you are and this is why a lot of us end up binge watching series and movies and just listening to music and taking drugs you can't, man, yeah. you can't enjoy a moment without being busy by, with doing something else, right? I've, I've seen people, you know, I, I like to, I'd like to go out and just breathe some fresh air and that's it. You know, there doesn't need to be something else more than that. But if like I go out with a group of smokers and they all pull out cigarettes and they start smoking and they look at me and like, why, why do you come outside? I'd be like, you know, I don't, I don't need to be doing something to be enjoying what I could be doing without doing that something to begin with. Does that, does that make any sense? It's just we have to always be distracted that to don't enjoy make sense. anything, and it's just 
I, I think that's just sad. And we just keep on distracting ourselves to find that sense of, it's not happiness, it's satisfaction. And you would know, they're just your dopamine circuits being activated. Because of that, you think that you're doing something that's making True. you more fulfilled, more satisfied, more blah or blah. But it's so hard to break away from that too, because th- this is how our systems were developed upon. And to break away from that, just like you said, how a kid things that happens to a kid really... You know, they affect their neurological programming up until they grow up and even further. And to break away from that is hard. All of these little habits that you're not aware are habits that define every little thing that you do. And especially against your health, because you're not even aware that you're going to be old someday. Um, It's just, it's not a healthy way to go. It's not. And, and, And I emphasize the word health because, like, to me, that's that's where all the... All the meaning resides if if what we're doing if what you're doing and and if what all these like conscious people if we're creating programs and cultures and communities that that develop our health whether it's our physical health whether it's our mental health whether it's our digestive health it doesn't matter but it's definitely a march towards the light you know it's marching towards a better way to live you know and and that's what human development is about and and that's what what interests me the most is to learn about how people uh, got to heal themselves, to learn about people, how they got to, you know, redefine themselves. And and to me personally, uh, also bridging to what you were talking about, your story in the bus, uh, I think a big part of my story, a big part of my journey have, has been about discovering mindfulness. And it's the state of mindfulness. It's the state of being present. As cliche as this sounds, because we've, we've kind of burned out that word, we, we use the word positivity a lot. We use the word mindfulness a lot. It's being tossed out uh, around a lot. So I know it might sound cliche, but, but, but the thing is mindfulness is way more powerful. It's way more metaphysical than people think. And, uh, and it's exactly what happened to you on the bus. You know, it's, it's this ability to, to hack the moment, to be present. It's, it's really mindfulness what generates art. Uh, and it's what, and it was because of how mindful you are in that was that you were able to look at that old uh, couple in an artistic way or or view it in a in a metaphysical way see it for what it is and like you were saying uh for for the full picture for the panoramic view and i think mindfulness is what made me connect yesterday to the baby uh, mindfulness is what made you connect to those elderly couple and to me, if there was a way to hack the mind, if there was a way to hack health, mm. um, the first stop, the first ever yeah. checkpoint is yeah. self-awareness and mindfulness. And I think this is where all the art resides. And I think this is where all the art emanates out of. Uh, I think oh, yeah, mindfulness yeah. is... Uh, would, you, would you actually go into explaining really that a bit more? Because you mentioned the brain as a metaphysical thing that you... You can manifest things from and and how mindfulness will lead to to that and um, I just like it if you explain that a bit more. Well, it's so much easier than people think because people think neuroscience and brain science is this complicated topic uh, and the, like you know how they talk about rocket science, they put neuroscience and brain science up there in complexity, but it's actually so much simpler. And and what I mean by awareness or or metaphysical awareness. It's just using a part of your brain more than another part of your brain. When you look at the anatomical structure of the human brain, two-thirds, two-thirds of the human brain resembles that yeah, of exactly. the, yeah. the mammals and the reptiles. 
So let's. So yeah, I heard you talking on the podcast about that, and and I love that because it's a powerful topic. The fact that one thirds of our brain is the same model as a reptilian brain, the middle part of our brain, the limbic brain is the same model as a mammalian brain, and then we have this super network uh, carpet-like structure called the cortex. Uh, or the neocortex, and that is really the the most like technologically advanced part of the brain, and it's kind of what makes us humans. And with that network comes a form of meta awareness. So if you if you may think of it in this way, that animals smell, but we smell that we are smelling. You know, animals hear, but we hear that we are hearing. You know, animals feel, mm-hmm. but we feel the feeling, right? And finally, <coughs> thinking. We think, but we also have the ability to think of our thinking. And it's in this pocket of space and in in this pocket of awareness where real human achievement and real human well-being can begin to take over. You know, it's it's becoming self-aware and it's using these higher networks in the brain, um, training them and pruning them and shaping them become strong filters of mind you know so you become aware of your own thinking patterns you become become aware of your own behavior and and it's from there that the world starts changing and it's true you know you change your thoughts and the world changes yeah. according to how you think the world is you know and uh, like the famous uh, poets and famous metaphysicians say the world is made out of language and if you know the words that make up the world you can basically make anything you want out of the world. And, and this is where shaping reality and this is where mind triumphs matter. And this is where the human imagination uh, becomes this powerful component that is able to change topography, geography and change the world. Right. And I'm just fascinated with the human brain. I'm fascinated with mindfulness and awareness uh, because it's really the first checkpoint to healing. Uh, you have to build a better relationship with yourself so that you are able to find uh, better relationships with people. Uh, You have to start loving yourself so that people will have the permission to love you. Same goes with respect and authenticity and value. You must find your inner voice so that people can start listening to you, respecting you, loving you, and appreciating you. And to link all that up, I would say it would be impossible to do all that without mindfulness and awareness. And without yeah, healing yeah, and working and with this higher the, brain network, uh, the neocortex, and allowing it to be a governing force over very mm-hmm. primitive and reptilian pieces of our brain, changing behaviors, changing values, uh, is because yeah, that we're the only beings that can reprogram themselves, right? It's like we're a program that can be reprogrammed by us, which is, I think, a fascinating way to put it. But really, well said, man. Like you hit a few points. Yeah, I was just saying you're right. Uh, what you said is beautiful. We're programs and within that program is a program to rewrite the program. And that is on a physical level. Uh, that is on a mental level. And and you will be mind blown to know that that, isn't, that is even on a genetic level. Uh, we lived once in a world where we thought that we were victims to a genetic code. You know, we were part of the lineage. We are made out of this bioinfographic field in our DNA and in our genes. But uh, recent studies and uh, recent researchers have been finding out that in the field of epigenetics, we're discovering that even our choices and our beliefs and our values have a huge impact on shaping and structuring our DNA sequence. 
So if that's not enough, we know that we also know that our thoughts and our values shape the networks and neurons in our brains. And more than that, it has the power to also shape our neuroendocrine responses, our hormones, and our autonomic nervous system. So, so to me, it's a wild world. It's a wild network of hacking and becoming better and optimizing human health. And, and that's been my job, you know, for the past couple of years, talking about all this, teaching people about the science that goes into this, and really just empowering people to the beauty that is already within them. They, we're already whole, we're already beautiful, yeah, which we yeah, just need to remember. remember. And then you're so the it's just a state of remembrance. You're put your world around you. It's just all so different afterwards, right? And I think before deepening finding those deep relationships that would make you happy. You have to find that deep relationship with yourself and establish all of those connections within yourself before even thinking about yeah. trying to go for anything outside of yourself. And this is this goes back again to the culture of thinking everything will come outside of you. And sure, it's humanity's natural progression to try to lead people to better lives, as you mentioned, but having an easier life or having a more convenient life does not mean that it's a better, more fulfilling life. And that's where the misfocus is happening, I'd say. But really well said, man, because really we're built on all of these false systems. I mentioned that. And to be able to go against our pre-original, let's say, programming and try to really be who we know we need to be, it takes power. You know, It takes a type of focus and awareness to see your thought patterns, to actually be aware of why you think what you think. And I think that comes from really being honest with yourself. Because, man, if we really wanted to sit down and talk about awareness right now, I don't think we'd ever stop because awareness is such a <laughs> such a hard thing to grasp, right? Like, what is awareness? That's the question we've been asking ever yeah. since we set foot on this earth. Uh, I know that my closest friends, at least the people I keep around me, are very, very self-aware people, you know. They they understand themselves, they know how things affect them, and then they know how they deal with these things that affect them in certain ways. But a lot of people I, I've just known, it's just there's a lack of that awareness where you don't understand how the things around you affect you, and you don't understand your relationship with yourself you're not aware of these things, but to tackle awareness and ask, why is someone more aware than someone else? You know, it's, it's something, it's a tough question to try to get into. Oh, it's perhaps the toughest of all because yeah, we'd first have to identify the first component, <laughs> what is the awareness? And that is a big scientific debate that might take us to the Stone Age or it might take us to... Uh, cave paintings 40,000 years ago when humans started drawing or symbolic language and writing or ancient civilizations. When did we actually become self-aware? And second of all, I'm fascinated with what you just said, uh, that the people you keep closest or the people that you enjoy the most just happen to be a bundle of people who are self-aware. And uh, and that is a fascinating thought. Why are self-aware people so attractive and why are self-aware people the kind of people we're yeah. all looking for yeah, like why see. has it become such well, a from, interesting from commodity view, in me, the I world we live to, I, I really believe in because for me if i'm around someone for a long time i feel that their traits start affecting my, my own traits i start acting the same way they do so 
uh, it's really that the environment that you're in affects your behavior. So the environment I decide to put myself, which is my friends, the people I spend most of my time with, I'd like it for them to be people that are in one way or another better than me, you know, people that I can learn things from and people that I'm always sure that are going to learn and grow themselves, you know, so I have friends of mine where they live in other countries and I know I might not see them for a year or two, but when I do see them, they're going to be com completely, you know, evolved beings. They're going to be improved in ways I, I never thought possible. And it's just nice to watch. But the fact that we're all so thirsty to see people around us that are aware and to be close to that, I don't think that's something people are aware of, of to begin with, you know, uh, I, Exactly, man. Because you look at artists, artists do that's have, aware of you know, aware a writer, any artist, they have a sense of awareness that's special to them. They see life through a lens and they try to project that lens and let other people see that life through that lens too, you know. And then it, it takes shape in each person's mind differently and that lens is formed in a different way. If it, it gets integrated into that person for the rest of their life or it doesn't or it's just entertaining or and or and or um, <clears throat> so it takes i think awareness conscious because at the end of the day i don't know if you listened to the last episode that i talked about i think humanity exists to consciously create right because as things kept on getting more and more complex now we're at a stage where we actually can focus and pinpoint things that we want to to be aware of we're aware of the thought process and we're aware of all of that and that's that's why we can pinpoint at something and change it and put the pieces the way we think they would fit best but then comes the dilemma we have awareness and because of awareness we can create so much but because we we don't feel like animals feel we feel about feeling like i don't know how you said it you said it really well is that we think about thought and we feel about our feelings and we hear what, you know, it's just this, there's a different layer that we're on with everything that we're interacting with. And because of that, we can't really experience the world like we need to, because at the end of the day, we are embodied beings. We are in the world and we're constantly interacting with it. Even our thoughts are a way we're, we're interacting with the world. And because of awareness, we've reached a stage where we have a barrier between us what we think we are actually not really us and the world we're in and because of that instead of being in the moment and actually feeling everything you need to feel you're stuck in your head and that barrier that's there that made us what we are but is also holding us back from being happy wow man that is incredible <laughs> um stream of consciousness you just projected out <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I can't even begin to find the words to describe how, how I feel about this, because, because how I feel about this is that mind does really triumph matter, mind is, does man, really, really shape matter, really is. but to talk about this, it's Dude, such a complex we, we need to, we need to have another episode, man, we need to, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we've learned yeah. that. One, one about DNA, we need to really, like, I'm Just personally going to do physics. an episode on DNA, because DNA is something that is so complex and interesting and then we can go into metaphysics because at the, because you know we try to think we try to That's formulate mean. the world in a way that isn't uh, like it's outside of us and we're trying to understand it but we're in it and we are it and then we're trying to understand it 
We are, and and we've learned that from 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 real scientific experiments. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that's that's what the double slit experiment was about. You know, we we're measuring how electrons and photons behave, uh, and when no, we when were, were measuring observed, them, yeah, they exactly. would be behaving differently than we when they were unmeasured. So so. Yeah, basically observation means measurement and, and, and that's what it is. When we were trying to observe them or measure them, they would start acting like particles or waves. And when we would change that, they would flip on and off, on and off. So so to me, the mystery is that humans are trying <laughs> to solve the mystery that they themselves are part of the mystery they are trying to solve. And then you have the other component to it that in our attempt to understand the cosmos, whether it was at the infinite minuscule stages of reality and that is by studying atoms and protons and quarks and large hydrogen colliders or whether it's about understanding astrophysics and the and the bigger picture wherever we are going <laughs> we don't we're, we, we are not seeming to find or reach a consensus yeah and every time we're looking for the smallest ever particle boom out of the smallest particle comes smaller little quantum objects you know and the same thing goes upwards the more we're trying to find the edge of the universe or the edges and the parameters of the multiverse we seem to find more horizons and more landscapes and just more space and dark matter so what i'm trying to say is that we haven't been injecting human consciousness into those equations and until we learn how to introduce and talk about human consciousness when we are studying physical matter yeah. i'm afraid that our species will be stuck in a materialistic worldview you know it's time for human consciousness yeah. to be approached yeah. as a co-active agent in the creation of reality yeah. in the creation of geometry and, totally and biology agree, and genetics uh, yeah so, we do dissociate um, so that's, that's interesting to think about that, it, that's you know, i don't think there's reality without us something giving reality meaning you know but um, something i think really funny to add to your line of thought is how yeah. particles act different when they're observed and at that really smallest level a particle acts different when it's observed and then you look at human beings and human beings act really different when they're observed too, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just knowing knowing that you're being observed will change, That's even funny. if you're observed or not. You, Because, for example, we're recording this call. Right now, this call is not being observed. It's just me and you. But we know that at some point in the future, it's going to be observed. Even, like, we're at that conscious level where... We're, we know that we're not observed right now, but we know that our conversation would be observed at some point, and that would also affect the behavior of how we perform and how we talk. You know, so it's a funny, funny thing that something that exists at how that level exists at this level. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it makes you think mm-hmm. that particles are also aware of themselves being observed. You know, because otherwise, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's too much, maybe. <laughs> that's. <laughs> no, but that's exactly what 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 we what it is. I mean, if you go and buy a Lacoste shirt or La- Ralph Lauren or a Nike shirt, whatever, uh, you find a certain signature, a p- particular signature on every shirt. So that if you were buying a Nike shirt, you'd always know that this is a Nike shirt because. The, the, the maker, brand, the one yeah. that the yeah, people yeah, yeah. that created Nike, the company, leaves its signature, leaves its brand. Yeah, it leaves its essence on the shirts, right? So you always know that these shirts came from Nike or came from whatever. To me, 
it's that philosophy that also underscores the, the, the multiple universe and the multiple layers of reality. You can see the signature of the maker of the intelligence of the universe. You can see this, the signature in all layers, whether we are looking at planets running around uh, solar systems or yeah. electrons running around protons yeah. or me and you running around this conversation. It's all one signature. It's all one kind of outflow, outburst of data. And, and it's like a river with tributaries, but it's actually one stem. Yeah. It's one... Uh, it's one river bank. It's one water bank, you know, and it flows through all structures in the universe. It flows through atoms and from neurons to nebulas, basically, and it leaves its signature oh, by animating the universe <laughs> through the laws that govern the universe. Oh, man. It's just... Life is, is, is complicated sometimes. <laughs> but to think, to think that, you know... That's so beautiful at the same time. <laughs> It is, it is, and um, and to me, what, why? Yeah. Uh, the, the question that yeah, because like like I mentioned that why? before, I think why is you know if if everything object, around us is so complicated and full of data and full of life and full of all of this, you know, imagine the thing behind it, right? If it was able to provide all of this and give this, then what it is must be so much more, right? And we could be that, we could be it. You know, but for it, time doesn't matter, and it could be everything together. And I'm I'm gonna go into more theories of existence later, where I bring this up a bit more in more detail. But for for a higher being, time isn't an issue. But to get our heads outside of the boundaries that we think are normal to us, which is time is everything that we define our lives by, and everything that we see through in this world, we see it through our bodies. To try to manifest or imagine outside of what you could see the world is what it actually might be outside of how you're processing it it's not easy you know and sometimes i get lost in that and i'm just like whoa <laughs> and it's like he said it's like a dream and it very well could be because you know what's a what's a dream a dream is just a hallucination in your head happening and life is exactly that too like <laughs> you know your waking hours wow <laughs> That's, everything is something that's to something about. to think about <laughs> Yo. I'm sorry Khaled all good but I can edit it don't worry okay perfect yes. yeah so if you can just uh, return to talk about what you were talking about and we'll pick it up from there what the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking idea, bro. Oh, wow. Because we got like too deep at some point. Just, yeah, I hope I hope that wasn't bad. I think like I think we'll we'll make it more practical now. But but I, but that was fun, man. That was fun. Listen, I'm I'm not gonna edit this out. I'm just literally gonna keep this quiet because it's funny that we're trying to <laughs> figure it out, like what we were even talking about, because we were so lost into it. You know, the entire thought stream. All right, so Charles, we can start on the queue. Go one, two, three. We'll queue it. <laughs> how how you know you came in and told me, oh, let's talk about that. And I'm like, I have no idea what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like me neither you know? what the fuck was the point of all of this <laughs> that's ultimately the point I mean um, 
<laughs> just to have that conversation and just to strengthen our imagination, you know, uh, play around with our imagination and with our words um, mm. seems like a very fun exercise to do. And I would love for more people to do that, you know, for them to engage philosophically, ask questions and try to discover and uncover the universe. Because where we left off before we got cut, we were just talking about how dynamic and interactive the universe is, how, you know, it's a streaming of data. It feels like a dream. You know, we were talking about pixelation, how 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 our tools and our technologies are literally hacking the universe. You know, uh, the industrial yeah. revolution, we transcended our limitations, uh, the limitations of our muscles, you know. With the digital revolution, we transcended the limitations of our brain. Uh, and non- now with the nanotech revolution, we're l- literally transcending the limitations of physical matter, you know, we'll be uh, decoding and and programming the universe, like the universe would become a Pixar universe, a pixel universe. And that's what I was trying to say is that, are we going to get to a point where after we figured out how to hack DNA, uh, how to hack the brain and how to hack uh, technology, are we going to get to a point where we can hack the physical universe itself are we going to be able to reach a point where we can pro- program atoms and and program and engineer realities and but that, that, that is that is the natural progression that we should be going towards more and more control so, over the world itself you do feel it's a natural progression towards that yeah because because that's like you said we transcended transcended the limits of our muscle and our brains and at some point, you know, we're trying to place laws to understand gravity and all of these things. And right now, we don't understand gravity. And a hundred years ago, like, like let's say 400 years ago, we didn't understand that light could be divided into a rainbow. And there's so many different waves that we can't even see. And then infrared. And then we did figure that out. And eventually, we are figuring everything out. And I think we will figure out gravity at some point. But... From know, from figuring something out and understanding it, understanding it and knowing it for what it is is not the same as being able to manipulate it, right? Because what we want is to manipulate the very parameters that we were born within, and and that's one of the things I talked about in my theories of existence episode, is how we're being born collectively into a god, and slowly we are getting more and more power over the very fabric of the universe that we found ourselves in because we were born in very very structured parameters where this is how fast light can go this is how strong gravity is at this certain mass and this is you know physics (laughs) this is chemistry this is how things bond and we're we're understanding all of that and we we are slowly breaking all of that too and I think until we can break the very fabric of the parameters we were born into, then 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 that, then we'd be born properly, collectively. But who knows? That's just a theory. Yeah, well, that that is the the word for the Renaissance, right? The word is a French word for rebirth, and and it seems like we are accelerating towards a collective rebirth of of the Homo sapien, and and, and a cool word. I think also, I'm not sure what scientist coined that term, but he said that we're homo sapiens now, but we will be homo evolutus in the future, will be the animal or the the human that is in control of its own evolution, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did that ever happen to any other life form, you know? But we're literally the only life form, the only known carbon-based life form that is 
literally engineering its its future, its evolution. Mm-hmm. And that's fascinating. Uh, and that's where that's why we got into hacking, and that's why we got into the whole topic of of how malleable and how flexible and how dynamic and how dreamy the universe is. Uh, it seems that within it, it holds uh, templates for it to be hacked, for it to be changed. And from the perspective of a doctor, I would say that maybe I should discuss more how these issues, how the the physical universe, how energy systems in the universe have impact on our health. Because that's actually my field. But although I love talking about physics and, and astrophysics, but I know so little in those departments. But when it comes to human health, the science and the research and the large body of consensus that has been built over the past 40 years is clearly indicating to us that our health is hackable uh, and our relationship to the external and internal environment have great consequences on our well-being. Cool, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> Let's teach our listeners something new, you know. That's always something they can actually use because what we've been talking about has been so, so you know, it's not something tangible that people can actually use to change their lives. And what I've been about so far is actually, sure, influencing thought is the first step before you can actually try to change anything about yourself. And, you know, we need to influence thought. And I think we, we should have done somewhat of a job I wouldn't say good, but it's, it, we've done something so far towards thought, but let's get a bit practical in how people can actually day-to-day manage their energy, you know, and actually be more inclined to live better, more fulfilling lives. Well, well, first of all, I, I would like to say um, about our philosophical exercise, I don't think that uh, just uh, talking about ideas on, or being philosophical loses its practicality or its practical dimension. What I like to think about is that ideas have powerful vibrations, you know, ideas have ripple effects in our brain. So just talking about ideas sometimes can make a difference between really changing our perspective and changing the perspective of our listeners right now. I mean, the ideas we talked about are powerful ideas that that if if people give those ideas a chance and if, they, if people read more and discover more and get more familiar with these concepts and ideas me and you were talking about, themselves alone, just the ideas themselves have the power and the potential and the promise to transform the way people see themselves. So to just note that and underscore that, that ideas have effects and, and talking about ideas and people download ideas, such as the ideas we were talking about, uh, uh, really can make a major shift and a major transformation in their uh, perception of the world and of reality, you know, uh, knowing that the universe is intelligent, knowing that the universe is hackable, knowing that our deep connection with the universe is is physically and mentally there and apparent in our a perspective of health and in a perspective of disease. So, so just to say that uh, that ideas are just ideas, I think that would be an undermining because ideas are more powerful than that. And philosophy was actually the founding start of science. Me and you were talking about physics, and that is what we call in school and universities physics today. Uh, was once called natural philosophy in ancient Greece and in Latin Roman history. So that's where everything comes from. It comes from philosophy. It comes from thinking. It comes from uh, talking out loud. But, of course, there are things that are more uh, than others. 
And that's, that brings me to the workshop or that brings me to uh, my line of work. Uh, so what I do most of the time is teach people about uh, the importance of energy and its effect on human health. Um, and when we talk about energy, we are talking about basically the, the, the founding element of the universe. Like basically everything is made out of energy. That's what we learned from Einstein, that energy is just another word to describe mass. So anything that has a value in mass is actually uh, a value in frequency with band and vibration. Uh, and what we learned from Nikola Tesla too is that if, you, we, if we want to understand the secrets of the universe, we have to think in terms of frequency and vibration, right? So once we get down with this exercise and once we start realizing the importance of uh, frequency and vibration, and once we start uh, incorporating that kind of thinking into human health, people can start to discover new and powerful ways to regain and reclaim their health. Uh, and, and it's really much simpler than people think. For example, we use a, a big part of the workshop is to talk about the power of connecting to nature. So if we are made out of energy and if nature is made out of energy uh, and if essentially energy is about frequency, vibration and width band, so we can call energy some form of data complex. Uh, whatever is vibrating is vibrating data. So energy becomes data. And in that sense of the word, our composure and our interactions with different fields of data have different effects on our health. So in the workshop, we really emphasize the power of connecting back to nature. Um, and, and there's fascinating studies about that. Uh, uh, one study talks about forest bathing. Have you heard of something called forest bathing? Uh, haven't, no. Okay, so forest bathing is this technique where people really go out in nature and spend a lot of times around trees and, and they really get in close intimate spaces where there's a dense population of trees and greeneries. So what we're discovering is that there's substances that the, the plants and the trees and the forests release combined with the wavelength of the color green and just the aroma and the fungus in the soil of the forests, uh, the, the collective frequency, the collective vibration of the forest has effects on raising our uh, immune systems. So yeah. we're finding that after forest bathing or after being in nature or around greenery, we're finding that our immune systems are being like almost optimized after just short encounters with nature. But that is even superimposed with more research on our connection to animals and our connection to even the simplest of pets and animals like cats and dogs. We found the research how uh, people who have dogs or own dogs are 25% less likely to suffer from heart disease and atherosclerosis and strokes. And I think it's much higher than 25%, but I'm not sure. And the same thing we found with cats. I mean, cats, when they start purring, purring frequency of the cat uh, is very uh, powerful in the sense where it increases calcium deposition in the bones of or uh, the broken bones of patient so this amazing uh, middle eastern doctor and swedish doctor created a cast that is designed uniquely for people who have broken their limbs but the cast is specialized in the sense where a frequency amplifier has been added to it and the frequency amplifier is emits frequency and vibrations the same wavelengths uh, that of a cat purring Okay. Uh, and what we discovered is people started depositing more calcium in their bones and they're healing faster 
uh, with that kind of energy bombarding their bones, you know? Okay. When we think about these things, when we think about connection to nature, whether they're trees, animals, and plants, uh, we're definitely recognizing a health index and a, and a, and a, and a revelation in how we can hack our health and we can become better by tuning into different frequencies and allowing different frequencies to enter or exit our bodies. And we've seen that uh, people who live in cities, once they left the city and went to live in a more uh, rural uh, kind of reefy, uh, side of the country, we've recognized that within just three months, their genetics begin to change. Yeah, uh, and yeah your genetics adapt to the environment that you're in too. And yeah, some, and some vice- genes turn off and jumps, yeah. Exactly, that's epigenetics and vice versa. People who come to the city experience a shift in their DNA. And and it's the same thing fundamentally with food, you know. Uh, our, the food we eat is made out of energy. If we look at the atoms within an apple, each atom inside the apple is 99.9% vacuum, which tells me that the apple is essentially a vibration in space-time, but your mind is decoding it as an apple. Because your, apple your, your mind is also a vibration in space-time, you know? <laughs> this is, but listen, listen, this is a bit, this I think is a bit confusing because when, when, I, when I get into conversations about frequency and vibration with people, they, it's generally a hard concept to get your head around. Yes, it is. How? Because at the end of the day, the the universe is 99.9% empty space. Everything is empty. Atoms are mostly empty. But we're mostly empty. But because we're a part of that emptiness, we perceive it as something whole. And trying to explain, can you actually try to to explain it to a five-year-old that life is, everything is on a different vibration and energies are just different data pockets you know depending on where and what they are (laughs) well einstein said if you can't explain something to a six-year-old then you don't understand it yeah so how how do you understand it (laughs) uh look what i would say to a six-year-old i would tell him that uh think of a glass of water and, and think of how the glass of water itself has three different uh state elements within it so the atoms that are vibrating the slowest are the, become the glass, the solid. And the atoms that are vibrating in a medium wavelength, or they're just like fluid, let's say, they become the water. But the atoms that are vibrating the most, they become the gas. So in just one cup of water, you can, you can see how atoms, just depending on their state of frequency and their state of movement, you can begin to see how three state forms, how three elements of nature become present in one glass of water. That's solid, liquid, and gas. So, so this begins an exercise in your mind to, to start imagining that solid things are essentially just extremely slowed down waves of vibration. The glass of water is a glass and you feel like it's solid. And if you tap on it, you can hear the, the feeling and the sound of something solid. But, but what essentially the, the glass is, is a matrix of atoms vibrating so slowly, so slowly to the form that energy becomes mass. They start shaping a structure. They become a structure in, in okay. space-time. So if we go on with this exercise, then we can look at all other forms of matter, like an apple or a pizza, 
And the apple and the pizza themselves, they look, they appear solid, but they only appear solid because the energy vibrations within the cheese and the bread uh, within the apple itself are so slow to the point that energy materializes or crystallizes into matter, into mass. And when we think about that, we start looking at the pizza and the apple differently. So now we know that the apple is made out of data and the pizza is made out of data, but one data is good for your genetics and another data is just increases your risk for cancer and increases your risk for disease. So, you know, in the simplest way possible, it's the data we put into our bodies that ultimately affect the data that compose our bodies. Do you yeah, get what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And to add on what you said, it's just like how I like to explain it through, you, you are what you eat, we both know that, and how everything that we eat has light in it, right? Because everything comes, the sun hits the plants, the plants are the medium that light has to go through for us to be able to consume something that can give us energy, which exactly. might be fruit or glass, uh, grass. Sorry, uh, that's the medium. And then there's there's us, you know, eating something that could be good for us and bad for us. And then there's how that data is being processed. So light has to be processed by plants, and then it has to be either processed by chickens or, and, and then you eat the chicken and then you process the chicken and then exactly. you make it a part of yourself. I know like for me, the concept to understand that everything is data and data is just being processed. And we're, we're also data, but also a program that can process. For me, that's something easy to, to see the world as, but like, I doubt anyone, like most people listening would actually be quick to accept this view of this world, right? Because the way... The, the way we're trying to see the world is for the technical terms that make it for what it is. And then we're trying to derive from that the bigger picture of what the world can be. But that's not that's not easy. <laughs> or let's say it's not it's not, not easy. It's just not a normal way to look at life because everyone is just look, used to looking at life through their own bodies, you know, rather than that visualization. And that's what I thought when I started the workshop and I started the training. And I'm sure that's what you think now uh, that you started your own podcast. But my my revelation or what I have discovered is that we should worry less about those people who cannot accept new ideas and cannot have an open mind enough to discuss and look at new ideas. And we should focus more on the people that are actually willing. <laughs> yeah, to... but honey, I think anyone, anyone who's listened to us like an hour in right now is someone, <laughs> if anyone got this far, like I think they're willing to listen. But it's, it's exactly. our job. It's our job to make it convenient for them to understand. Yeah. And that's what it is always about. It's about making science fun. It's about making science convenient. And your podcast is, is, a, is a filtration system where where the people who find these topics the most interesting are the people who are going to, you know, stick around and listen to more podcasts. And I'll be one of them for sure, because <laughs> each one of our podcasts, you know, they, they make you think, man, they make you wonder, they make you ask questions and they make you develop and grow and become a deeper person. So, so yeah. So in, in a sense, podcasts become like, you know, like medicine, you know, they become things where you can hack your day and make your day more uh, interesting, more dynamic you could say today i learned this and that you know through yeah. a podcast online you know and yeah. um, always letting people see the world differently you know letting them letting them see it through my eyes you know through your eyes and you're, exactly. you're the perfect you're the perfect guest to have you know you're the first person that's going to be a guest on the show and that's like 
you're so perfect to come in because we can keep oh, on talking. I'm so, I'm so happy. <laughs> when I met you, I'm like, I know Khalid is up to uh, do great things in his life. Like, there's no way uh, a person this curious, uh, this kind, this gentle, and this open-minded is meant to have an ordinary life. So when you contacted me a few months later, telling me you started your own podcast, that was that was it to me. You know, that was the proof that I knew he was going to do something special, and that was why I jumped on board quickly when you told me to to be your guest uh, today because uh, it's just fascinating uh, to meet like-minded people and to talk to like-minded people. You know, yeah. so I'm really proud, and, and I do. Ho- and I apologize if I was being. Uh, like saying, uh, no, we the, the the podcast is a filtration system in a sense where uh, only people who are interested, but but rather I really respect your values of trying to make the podcast a way for all people to enjoy this and for all people to learn. You know, that's something to respect, and I admire that. Uh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to have you, for sure. Because something I appreciate about you too is your ability to make ideas turn ideas complex ideas into simpler ones and then give them back to people and that's not that's not a skill everyone has it's not a skill that people can easily even train in i think because i've had really good teachers in my life and i've had some really horrible teachers too and being able to take complex information and make it simpler and give it back to someone listening that's the most important thing that we can do hopefully i don't know if anyone listening to this would actually you know I, at the end of the day, the goal is for people to, to think. The goal is for them to grow. The goal is for people to to just see life through a different lens. And this is a good filtration system because there's so much information coming at everyone all the time. And it's just this fight for attention that everyone is fighting for. All these big corporations are trying to steal everyone's attention. But to have this one platform where people can go and listen to and then they can listen, listen, learn about life, learn about the f- fundamentals of life, laws of physics, chemistry, biology, entrepreneurship, technology, the future, the past, history, uh, things wow. going on, things that happened. Uh, just like filtering information through what I would personally think is worthy to filter out. You know, because for me, I I'm on an information diet. By the way, I don't I don't look at politics barely ever, man. Like I. I think about what I can control and what's important to me to know. And right now, I'm not in a situation where politics is really important to my lifestyle. But at some point in the future where I think politics is going to be more important for me, at that point, I would know a lot about politics because then you'd have stocks invested in this company or you're thinking about knowing where to open this business or where to market that. Then policies and regulations are really important to know. So, yeah, so just knowing knowing what information should enter your system is half the battle because so much information is hitting everyone all the time. It's really hard to decide what's worth your time. And that brings us back to the energy point where you really should take in control or take in comprehension what kind of energy, what kind of information you're letting in into your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because everything, I don't think people... Realize this, honey, that everything you see, everything that you perceive is already in your head. And then your head created a manifestation for you to be aware of it. Um, but there's so much happening outside of your conscious awareness because you can only focus on what you can, what you need to survive. And 
it's just that the, the, the information uh, and everything made out of information in the external world is a manifestation yeah, of yeah, a new yeah. club. It's a manifestation of you in you. And then you have that info in your head and it gets processed and it stays in you. And then you, you have your output and you act back into the world depending on what came into you to begin with. And literally everything that you see affects the way that you perceive the world and interact with it. If I open Facebook and I go through my feed, I never do that because there's so much random information that hits you. Uh, something about a terrorist attack here or there's uh, someone trying to sell a, a cucumber there or this is all going to per- fuck with your perception of reality and change how you would actually otherwise feel or act. So like you said, data coming at you and then you process this data, be it food, be it information, be it whatever, and then whatever. then you're giving it back. Then you're giving it back somehow and everything that enters your system is processed by your system and has to come out one way or another, be it food, be it... Absolutely, and it, and it slowly becomes you. Yeah. You become the carrier, you become the vector for this kind of information. And may it be, like you said, food or information or knowledge or people or friendships or relationships, you become a vector for the information you're putting inside you. You know, The one thing you said now that is blowing my mind is information diet. That, that word is so attractive. What did you <laughs> Information diet. That sounds so beautiful as a, as a concept. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just like just like everything you eat and you are what you eat. For me, I, I am the information I consume. So do I want to fill my head with a lot of very, very useless information that I don't think will value my life at all, which would be my Twitter feed or my Facebook feed or my Instagram feed? For example, I only have Instagram and Facebook to basically market Midnight Wisdom, which isn't the most effective way because I only have so many friends and, and friends that are willing to listen. But it's so wonderful that they're, they appreciate what I have to say enough to actually listen and they appreciate me as a person to know that they, this guy has something to say and I'm so thankful for that. But if I go through my Facebook feed, I have, let's say, 880 friends right now. And let's say like, I'm really close to maybe 50 of them because uh, at the end of the day, really, how many close friends do you have? And I'm probably exaggerating with 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> um, I, then I go and like I see random Facebook posts from people I haven't seen since like 12 years. And then something, maybe their grandfather died or maybe their, they got married or maybe like you get information about these people, but they're, Sure, there are people that were maybe relevant to your life at some point, but right now they're not so relevant. And that information that you're consuming about their lives is going to make you compare your life to theirs or try to think about some moments you had before where they either pissed you off or maybe they made you feel better. Or, you know, it's all information that's coming into your head and letting your thinking process go into a direction where it's otherwise shouldn't be going. You're lucky if it's their grandparent dying or them getting married. Sometimes, most often, it's just pure nonsense and pure. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Most, most likely, it's pure nonsense. And to filter that out and to see, instead of me trying to fill my head with information from Instagram about people having fun or going uh, taking snaps about random things, I can actually put that focus into something that I think matters and listen to an audiobook instead that I think is useful for me or read a book or work on a project or just think, you know, or just, just think, you know, we're so automatically tuned 
to pull out our phone every second we have any free moment for ourselves and to consume and we keep consuming to escape and to escape from what to escape from a reality that we found ourselves in that we can't completely accept you know we're always like i said maybe 10 minutes into the podcast this episode is that everything that we're doing we're doing to escape from our reality we're watching tv series to escape we're watching we're smoking uh, we're smoking cigarettes or joints to escape doing drugs and we can't really enjoy a moment exactly for what it is we have to be doing something else to let us move by and we're just in the background always because we want to be away from everything that we think we are and it's it's not to me it's not the healthiest way to live because as a living embodied being you should be alive rather than just a potato consuming things but you know it's entertaining and we're we're lazy beings inherently our brain tries to find the easiest way for it to not spend energy because getting energy is hard so it tries to circumvent its way and find something that it can do instead of doing something difficult, instead of me working uh, and studying on an exam. It's much easier for me to sit down and watch a series and escape from what I need to do, from the reality that I'm actually in. So yeah, wow. an information diet is, is really interesting. Wow. What <laughs> and what a mind-blowing thing. Oh, to reach at because you were we were we were worried that our listeners won't get some practical value out of this this podcast. but i think here we go you know this, how more how can it be more practical than this you know yeah, but, but looking not at like, like honey honey looking at the world through this lens okay fantastic but behind behind all of this sure this is how i'm living my life but let's say let's take a random listener listening right now they're going to listen to this they're going to be like oh that's an interesting way to look at life and then they're going to go on and live their life completely like they always have why because it's everything that they're doing is is a habit ingrained into them that they don't know how to break and i'm going to go into an episode about that uh, i'm sorry if i cut you out no no it's fine I was just saying, yeah, you're right, and 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 uh, it's it, it it isn't always like a magical pill where you suddenly transform after after learning something for the first time. But but the law of manifestation happens starts this way. So you hear a piece of information, somebody tells you something, you do go back to your older way of life, but now you have a firing neuron, you have a network that has been established upon this idea. And that's why I told you people need to go read more, discover more, and learn more, and create their own map of the world. Not listen to, uh, not listen to you or listen to me or or take their advice from somebody. No, I mean go out there and create your own map of the world, create your own vision, create your own system of how you make sense of the world. But what this podcast is doing, and what we and you are doing, we're creating little minute, you know maps for that bigger map to happen you know so we're just sending signaling out an idea a concept and within that concept people who are ready people who are meant to transform people who are meant to really understand this would sooner or later begin to see cues and see differences in the way they see the world mm-hmm. you know it, it happened to me the other day you know i, I was really he- hearing a podcast online and they were talking about business and marketing and entrepreneurship and literally the next day I go to work with the same value, with the same mindset I had before the work, uh, hitting the podcast. But just because I heard the podcast, it made me connect things in the conference room more in, in a better way than I did if I haven't heard the podcast. 
So we're not, it's not a promise for automatic change, but it's a promise for a linear kind of, kind of like a snowball effect, the thing you said you talked about, how it starts very small by seeding ideas, by talking about big concepts. And then these concepts find their way into your conscious mind and, and you begin to value them. Yeah. to value the idea that we are made out of data and the universe is made out of data and these two sets of data can mash up together and create health or create disease. Um, the information diet topic is, is beautiful too because now you can become sensitized. You can become sensitive to what kind of information that goes into your body rather than people who are unaware to what kind of information they're putting into their body, let alone aware of the fact that the information they put in their body has an effect on their health, on their body, and on their mind, you know? Mm. So it's so intricate. But like we said, how we started the work, uh, this podcast is most likely how we're going to end this podcast by saying it's all about self-awareness. It's all about uh, mindfulness and it's all about an internal, intrinsic journey within yourself. Uh, The knowledge we share in the podcast means nothing if the people listening want take an extra step forward and research and read by themselves and for themselves, you know? So, so this is what makes this fun. This is what makes this interesting. Yeah, man, for sure. I feel, I feel like both of us got really energetic right now and hyped up all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm like, uh, the more we're talking, the more energetic we're becoming about these ideas. And I love it. And I love how you mentioned how it's just like we're creating these tiny, tiny impulses in people's heads that spark off maybe at just the right moment when they need it to actually change exactly. in that moment, you know, in essence, just awareness. And yeah, I'll, I'll have to do an episode about awareness at some point. I'll have to do an episode about habits so that people actually realize how they can change what they do on a day-to-day basis because that's so important to give people the toolkits they need to to change, right? Not like making it easier as well. And I think I, I would love for us to try this one more time or try this more than once because this was our first time and, and we had a technical difficulty uh, <laughs> and it's still new to me, the whole idea. But I feel like our next one will be more precise and, and it will be more engaging towards a certain topic. But other than that, I have loved this podcast. I've loved this experience and yeah. I'm just so proud of you and so happy and energetic <laughs> to share this much data. Yeah, thanks. Like it's just it's it's been such a nice conversation. If anything, you know, I just genuinely enjoyed just going deeper and deeper. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Which doesn't yeah, like at times much. I forgot we're doing a podcast. I just feel like I'm talking to you. You know, I'm learning from you, and I'm yeah. talking to you, and, uh, and and it's amazing that we get to share all that. And yeah. uh, and I learned so much from you together. Yeah. yeah. So, wrap up. Uh, information creating, uh, realizing the importance of the kind of food and the kind of energy systems you put into your body, connecting more to nature, looking at the universe as an intelligent thing that you can communicate with, that you can have yeah, a relationship Yeah, develop a relationship with. That's so important. That's so important, you know. And then look at the universe inside you that you can develop a relationship with yourself. And that self-love is a precursor for love outside, you know. Self-respect is a precursor for respect outside, you know. And 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 as much as people might think this is a philosophical concept, but this is a physical and a metaphysical concept that that goes beyond just talking and just sharing ideas. It goes into our practical day-to-day life experiences. And the final point and the most important point of this podcast is self-awareness. Uh, it's the first checkpoint 
and it's the first it's the it's the basic entry level to that universe it's it's the basic entry level to having a better life and a better future uh, and it has to be through self awareness and it has to be through engaging the mind and hacking our consciousness and that's a whole another podcast on itself yeah, but <laughs> it's important to mention it at least yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah before i end it what do you think we should what do you think we should call this episode i'll leave that to you information diet <laughs> this was a like a philosophical shot of espresso it felt like a, we're in a philosophical salon you know and we're we're just having this out of bounds messy conversation that has no paradigm it has no uh, you know capsule to it it's just very raw it's very unfiltered so i would call it raw and unfiltered <laughs> <laughs> raw and unfiltered philosophy yeah Uh, just as long as it encapsulates the essence of who you are and who I am. Yeah, and, uh, I'll, I'll think of something. I'll think of something. Yeah, you will. You will. I'm sure. And yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have your TED talk on the 24th. I think I'll release this episode on the 24th. In that case, like the same day of your That's TED talk. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Are you excited, man, for for the talk? Like, how's that? Like, tell us what you think in two minutes, and then we'll end the episode. <laughs> it 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 uh, well well it has been a dream maybe to to talk on TED and to present on TED uh, perhaps maybe for the simple fact that it was through the TED stage that I learned so much about who I am and what I am and about great ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole mission statement of TED is to spread uh, value and ideas that have the potential. to transform humans and the world, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's what TED is. It's a platform for that, to spread messages that really do have a potential to transform the way we think and the, the way we behave, you know? So if anything, I'm just sensing the sense of responsibility I have, uh, the sense of uh, authenticity uh, I should deliver with, you know, because because this is a, like, a, like a shot, like a chance that I've been waiting for for a long time. time and uh, to finally know uh, and approach the day of my TED talk uh, is a great day of celebration and it's a great day of um, of remembering what the whole journey is about you know sharing ideas uh, or talking about ideas worth sharing you know and uh, and it's exciting I'm a little bit anxious (laughs) (laughs) it's good to be anxious you'll channel it into something authentic something of course of course So hopefully that's what the TED uh, conference is going to be about. I'm sharing the stage with uh, incredibly bright people, uh, people who are going to talk about artificial intelligence, about sports and women empowerment. About, nice. Uh, so it's going to be a really uh, an exciting uh, stage, uh, urban designers and, and peace architects. And so, so if anybody's out there, uh, PSUT, TED Talk on the 24th of November, it's going to be fun. Uh, and thank you so much, so much for shouting out to Ted and uh, reminding people of that. Yeah. Uh, I feel grateful. Well, man, it's been such a good talk. It's been such an honor and pleasure to have you, man. I'm really excited to see how human energy management develops and how you develop as a person too throughout the years, man. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, I feel the same way about you, exactly, man. Uh, how you're. how you're growing and maturing and and what kind of person you're becoming is something very fascinating and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's a good cause for me and you to to hang around each other and to talk more with each other. Yeah, I'd like to attend one of your workshops at some point too. Definitely. Sure. Uh, we'll sure. Um, awesome, man. So yeah, that's Midnight Wisdom with Hani Akasha. Till next time. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was. <laughs> so many fucks in there, I can't even keep count. <laughs> <laughs>